All right, welcome back to the Player of the Fan. I'm your host, Chris Howard. Joining me is my co-host, Glenn Higgins. Um, we're trying out something new today, thanks to uh, Glenn Higgins. Um, you know, we decided to, you know, we always bring on other guests, guys who've played, um, guys who have, um, you know, some sort of connection to, um, to, the, to the school, to the team. Um, but we thought we'd try something different this time. We're bringing on a, uh, a loyal listener, a fan of the U, U of M, fan of the Wolverines, Steve Wow, Steve, how you doing, brother? Very good, man. Thanks for having me. So I see that your 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 not well, not your hashtag, but your name on Twitter is Weapon X, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What, what's what's going on with that? The, I know what Weapon X is. Glenn is not into X Men and that kind of stuff, but I know. What Hell Weapon no. Is. That's exactly where it comes from. Uh, I've always been a uh, big Marvel fan. Actually, I had a. Uh, I had the second issue of Spider-Man, but it got lost in a move. But I've always been a fan. So uh, Wolverine was always my favorite character. But uh, Weapon X was another way to refer to him. Somebody give me a shot of espresso and keep me awake during this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, Glenn is not a uh, Marvel's DC He's 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 not that guy. Me, on the other hand, I've never seen Star Wars. I've told you that, Chris. Yeah, never. he's never yeah, not exactly. any of them. I wish you could have saw Steve's face when <laughs> when you said that. Look, I, I was making fun of Angelique uh, yesterday, Chris, because I found um, somebody had had taken the Earth, Wind, and Fire song September and had animated dancing Star Wars characters to Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I'm like, this is why I can't take this shit seriously. You can't have disco robots from Star Wars and expect me to watch it and get all intense about it. Forget it. Listen, man, that, that's creativity at its highest level, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I saw man. that clip. It was pretty good. Oh, see, see, Steve, we're, we're, all the we're guys on the same I page. To come on. We're, we're on the same page. So, Steve, let's, uh, I want to start talking about, so talk to me about, so where are you from? What do you do? How did you um, become a Michigan fan? I grew up in New York. I was born and raised uh, in Queens. Uh, I'll tell you, the, uh, my love for Michigan started with the 1978 Rose Bowl. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I can still remember Charles White scoring that phantom touchdown against yes. Michigan, and I cried. And I was a loyal fan ever ever since then. Chris, do you remember the 1978 Rose Bowl? I was three. <laughs> so, yeah. Listen, the first Michigan game that I ever watched was Michigan against North Carolina State, I think, in the Holiday Bowl in 1993. That was the first Michigan game I'd okay. ever seen. Yeah, I, and, you know, that was, again, one of those years that was disappointing because nobody wanted to be in the Holiday Bowl, Chris. In fact, I'm not even sure I watched that bowl game, to be honest with you, because I had been let down again because I had, as you know, national championship stars in my eyes <laughs> going into that year, as I do every year. You know that. But the previous uh, the previous years though didn't they go to they played in the Rose Bowl well, right well you look the the ninety two season um, we we played well the ninety two season when we went to the Rose Bowl and played number one Washington Steve Entman 
and Napoleon oh, yeah. Kaufman with Desmond Kaufman. Right. So you had Desmond Howard's senior year. We got smoked, Chris, in that bowl game. The '93 year, and I think you're probably talking about '94, because '93 yeah. was Tyrone Wheatley against Washington, running wild at mm, 235 okay. yards. Um, so probably the next year, because I'm telling you, I never watched that game. Yeah. So Steve, you're you're from New York, as right. as as Glenn as Glenn is as well. Yeah. Now. Right. Did did you did you go to University of Michigan or so talk to me about your process as you you saw you see a game 1973 but talk Eight. to me about your prior 78 <laughs> talk to me about your your process Well no I didn't go to Michigan uh it was a dream school for me to go to I actually was a music student and I wanted to go to the music uh program there but it just didn't pan out uh some other things were going on at the time. So I ended up going to, uh, to college in New York. Uh, but my fandom, uh, I guess, kind of spilled out to all the other sports, you know, to basketball, baseball, whatever. It was Michigan athletics altogether. So, you know, as, as it went on, I started to follow a little more closely. You know, I, I knew the teams, I knew the players, I knew the coaches. As the internet came around, I started to follow recruiting a little more. So it just became a love for me for, for sports. Yeah, well, and Chris, you know, I, I can't walk down my block without seeing somebody wearing Michigan stuff. So if you're here in, in New York City, um, it, it's, you know, it's, it, it's a frequent occurrence to see somebody in it. And even in the past, especially, you know, Fab Fiverr and after that, mm-hmm. everybody was wearing it. It was kind of, you know, it had that little Georgetown flavor from the mid-80s uh, in the mid-90s here in New York. I mean, everybody was wearing Michigan stuff. So um, that doesn't surprise you. Where, where are you now, Steve? You in, um, you in Colorado? In where are you? No, I'm in D.C. now. Oh, you're in D.C. now. Okay. And the great. alum is heavy here, too. I mean, yeah. I can't go a single day without hearing a go blue. Yeah. Well, that's, that's great. Um, all right. Let, let's talk about uh, enough about you. Um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Uh, that's fine with so, me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Steve's a little bit shy. So I got a ton of stuff to talk about. Chris, the, the odds of a season happening in your mind now are what percentage and Steve, you can always jump in here, but Chris, I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, my percentage of the season happening right now is 0%. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen to be honest with you. There, there is just so much going on and not to mention you just had this, this, this explosion of new cases all over the place. You got team, um, team practices being halted, um, you know, with players and some staff, um, you know, coming, you know, testing positive for COVID. So if they, if they're not able just to get through this part of right. <laughs> before yeah. the season starts, like we can't even get to a practice. So if we can't get to a practice, then how do how do they anticipate on getting to a getting to a season and through a season? Chris, hey, look, we are the dumbest country on earth, Chris. Is there any doubt about that now? You know, I'm going to bring this up just because I just saw it on the news that there was a fundraiser for the president in Texas today. Not only did one of the congressmen who was in the hearing yesterday test positive, it wasn't wearing a mask, but they go to this fundraiser out in the Permian Basin. So if you've watched Friday Night Lights, I mean, that's where that happened, right? West Texas. 
nobody wearing a mask at this fundraiser, Chris, including yeah. Rick Perry, the former energy secretary, and uh, the former White House doctor is standing there with no mask on. What are we doing, Chris? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I, have, I, have, I have no, I have no input on, on, on that. I'm just saying as far as football goes, I mean, listen, if you've got the people that are the highest at the highest level of government, not taking this thing serious, then what do you, what do you expect to happen with, you know, people who are clamoring for sports, clamoring for clamoring for some type of entertainment, um, you know, it's all about lead by example. And so you've got a, a, a big portion of the country who, you know, either believe this is a hoax, don't think it's real, mm -hmm. it's going to pass pretty soon. And the flu's more dangerous, by the way. The flu's is a, more a vaccine for the flu, by the way. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> if you've got all those things that are that are happening, again, look at the size of college football, college sports in general, where you're talking about stadiums filled with people the the interaction the the tailgates all that kind of stuff how do you control um any aspect of that you we can't even stop people from going into target without a mask on how are you going to watch people and limit people at tailgates so imagine imagine the the imagine the cell phone videos at michigan stadium of non-mask wearers chris yeah of people booing <laughs> and pointing them out so real, real life situations are going to spill into sports if and when stadiums get filled up and i saw that ohio state just came out with they don't expect to have and they're close to 100 105,000 i think they're saying they don't expect to have more than 21,000 in that stadium that's assuming there's an actual game being right. played in there yeah. 21,000 steve what do you think zero zero you're at zero two <laughs> yeah uh, jesus i prepare myself for that I, I don't expect football this year uh yeah. nfl either you know, yeah, just, I mean, you got people opting. You got players that are literally opting out of the season, right? The Patriots have about seven players so far that have opted out. Wow, <laughs> playing this year, including know, Dante Hightower. I know Devin Funches is op Devin Funches has recently yeah. opted out of the uh, playing for the playing a full season, playing a season today. Um, today, right? I think that was right. announced today. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of other people follow suit with that. Um. And I think you're going to see some some colleges start to follow suit, or some college players start to follow suit with that as well. I think we've 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 heard about um, what's uh, Chris Hinton and his family. Um, you know, they went you know kind of public about how they feel about um, the stuff that's happening, and that there's no real plan. And if there's no real plan, how can you, you know, send your kid or child right to um, to play to play this game? when there's really no plan to be able to deal with anything if something happens. So let me ask you this. If you were playing today, your decision would be what? Well, I mean, I was a stubborn kid. So, of course, I would have been like, I'm playing, right? Um, because we, we have this – athletes have this sense of – Invincibility. Uh, of in, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like, we're, we're invulnerable. Nothing can hurt us. And we're playing for the love of the, love of the game and – so we're, 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 we're always going to put our well-being and our health to the side to play the game that we love. So I think you'll see more players take that, that kind of stance. But I think you're also going to have some kids who are going to be like, listen, I'm not, I'm not putting my health on the line for this because this thing is real. I, I think it's more about 
they're not as worried about themselves as potentially passing it on to family members or if they have a newborn baby like Dante Hightower has a young child at home and he doesn't want to risk that. And I totally get that. Or if you have elderly grandparents out there, God forbid you gave that to your grandparent and they ended up dying. I mean, who would want to live with that for the rest of your life? I mean, it's not worth it. Yeah. Steve, if you're, if your kid plays for university of Michigan, are you letting him play knowing what you know now? I I think it's up to him. Uh, In the conditions, no, I wouldn't want him to play. But if that's what he wants, then yeah. I mean, what can I do? I mean, he's a grown person. Just as long as he's not coming home to you anytime soon. Uh, that's <laughs> affirmative. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, no, no, no. Don't come home for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, I know it's cr- You know, I heard, um, uh, I think it was Dan Wetzel from um, Yahoo Sports. I, I was listening to him and he was talking about the Big Ten that Chris, he would consider a successful season is forget and playing any crossover games with the Big Ten West. If you get in your six, you know, Big East games, and then, you know, the, the West does that as well, then you have that one game around Thanksgiving. You've only played six games. Consider that a win. No bowl games. Moving on. And I, the more he, I thought about that, not only does that seem even far-fetched potentially, but that sounds like the best-case scenario we could have. Just play in your division. You know, you you play the guy from the West who's, you know, maybe five and one or four and two on the West and be done with it. No Listen, crossover game. I think the, if there's a season, I swear, the games are going to look like scrimmages. Right. <laughs> that's what games, Strike that's games. What they're, right. That's what they're right. going to look like. Situational practices is what, is what yeah. these games are going to look like. And, you know, with, with just our luck, we'd beat Ohio State this year and we'd, we'd never get credit for it. <laughs> You know, we'd be tortured about this forever. It'd be an asterisk. It'd it be would be an, an asterisk, asterisk next, forever. Asterisk next to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just don't know, man. I just don't think it's going to be a season. I'm just not confident with, with everything that's going on. Um, you know, just the, 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 the lack of the, the irresponsibility that our uh, citizens have taken towards this, this, this disease, or not this disease, but this virus is just... It's crazy. It's crazy. So how do you, again, if you can't control people going into Walmart, Target, not wearing a mask, imagine telling them that they got to wear a mask and be social distance in a stadium that serves alcohol. Right. Uh, Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Whenever you introduce that into the equation, all hell breaks loose. And here's what's crazy. I had the damn thing in February. I got the antibody. Now, who knows how long I'm immune for, but I'm still wearing a mask every day, anywhere I go in my elevator, in my building. And I, you know, I could have rationalized, Chris, I told you that the day I came back from the, got my antibody test, I walked into that elevator like a god. There were three girls standing in there and I walked in and I said, yeah, I got the antibody, you know, and I thought somehow that would make me more attractive. And it wasn't, you, it was a day later. On your t- did you put that on your Tinder profile? Look, I, I, look, <laughs> I, I almost grew to about six foot one, just as tall as you are. Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, jokes. You know, I, I felt more attractive. My eyes looked bluer, but it wasn't 24 hours later that I got a, a CYA message from the place I took the blood test that said, 
oh, we made a mistake. We refer we mistakenly said this gives you complete immunity. We don't know that yet. So I was yeah. like, there you go. Yeah. Right? Back to all my dating advantages right out the window. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, it's it's really rough for you right now. Um so so Steve, <laughs> let me ask you this. You know, I want to go back to I mean, you were there obviously uh, as a fan through, through the Rich Rod years, through the Hulk years. Yes. Um, what was that like for you as a fan to go through that? Well, when Rich Rod came in, I knew it was going to be a change in scheme, uh, which, you know, was going to be a big change. I remember when uh, Bo Schembechler left and Gary Moeller took over, uh, I think they went from maybe like 200 pass attempts a year, you know, almost doubling that uh, after that. So now we were going to go to another big change back to spread offense. So, you know, it, that's the way the game was going. So I was like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I didn't see it happening in the recruiting. You know, I didn't see us getting the type of players I thought would be able to compete in the big 10 um, much smaller, faster players, but you know, it's always been a very physical uh, conference. So yeah, that was tough. And Hulk, of course, the first year was great. Uh, and then it was just a continual drop off after that. Fool's gold, Steve. Yes, fool's, fool's gold. gold. <laughs> Look, Chris, well I've said to you this before, rock bottom during the Rich Rod years was that, and it was a win I think it was Illinois, Illinois, 65-63. And I I threw my beer onto the bar, and I said, I'm out of here. The (laughs) the bartender was, you just won. I go, I don't give a shit. We just won. That's not Michigan football. And I stormed out of there. Yeah, I had the same feeling. And and now how you would crave to have a game where you could score 65 (laughs) points. You could light it up like that. 63. Where you could light it up like that. It's funny because, I mean, you know, Rich Rod, I mean, if you think about the type of offenses that that we're running today, right, college football is running today, Rich Rod was trying to implement that into our system, um, you know, a decade ago. And it it didn't take because it it didn't resemble uh, Michigan football. And a lot of fans did not like the the that the spread offense they didn't they didn't no, like it no no it's, no you you not now I'm gonna cut you off here here's what I hated during that time okay but we, you're talking about you hated no 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 the, but the, there's nobody who watched Michigan during that time I was okay from an offensive standpoint even though we didn't really have a quarterback but um it was the defense. We had no defense, yeah. Chris. If we had had it, we had that dopey Greg Robinson in there uh, and a, a couple other guys. We we could not stop anybody. It was like you know, like the the Matador defense in basketball. Mm-hmm. And and if we had had a a kind of a traditional Michigan defense, I would have been much more open and patient to allow, you know, kind of the offense to evolve because I knew it was heading in that direction because you had your top teams that were starting to have that, including Ohio State, started to have those, you know, big game, big play uh, possibilities and options for that. So yeah, I, it was the defensive side that it, killed me. The defense was, was definitely the issue, but I'm telling you, I, from the people that I know, 
the true amazing, the amazing blue diehards, they did not like that style of offense. They did not think it was Michigan football. And this is from former, uh, former players. Of course, you know what era I'm talking about. Yeah, of course um, I do. They yeah. did not like the, that style of offense. And that's what they were clamoring for going back yeah, they, to. He was undermined the, from day one. Yeah, he was undermined from <laughs> oh, day yeah. one. So they were clamoring for that, quote, unquote, pro-style offense. But if you look pro-style even pro-style offense isn't even considered pro-style offense Hell anymore, no. right? I mean, you look at look at the offense that Brady runs. Brady is the least mobile quarterback that there probably ever existed, <laughs> and he's running almost a spread offense, but he's getting rid of the ball, you know, obviously within two, three seconds, but he's in shotgun uh, most of the it's time. All, it's all 11 personnel. Yeah, right. and the only time they really line up, you know, in a real pro, uh, pro formation – is when they they get ready to run the ball, right? (laughs) When they about to to pound you with the rock for five straight carries. So I think with with Rich Rod, I think he was was ahead of his time, but I don't think the Michigan – the, the the Michigan fans, I no. think the, the not just not just the fans, but those within the the, the organization were mm-hmm. not content with who Rich Rod was and what he was bringing to the team. And unfortunately, that set us back because we lost what we were trying to build an identity for. Then we bring in Hoke, who we're going to go back to Smash Mouth football and and fullbacks and two, and two tight ends and all that good stuff. And th- and then we find ourselves in another identity crisis. So. It's like, you know, the, the, the biggest crippling thing that's happened to the University of Michigan is, a, is just a lack of identity offensively and defensively. Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and, you know, and, and then you add on, um, you know, Chris Singletary said a couple of weeks ago how many top flight players we lost during that transition who had committed after Hoke went out the door, um, who all were – you know, <laughs> all big conference players across the board um, for all these other teams. Um, but Chris, the biggest thing we've said this, I can't, I'm so tired of saying it. it the offensive line woes was what sunk us for the last 10 years consistently at one position. That's my, that's the biggest weakness we've had over the last decade until yeah. now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think if you look at some of the games where, you know, the, the Iowa game, um, the Ohio State game. Um, if you look at some of those games, those games are decided by two yards. One right? first down and one we would have beaten Ohio one State. One first down and you beat Ohio State. One first down and you beat Iowa, right? Iowa doesn't get yes. the ball back um, and, and have an opportunity to, to kick a field goal to win the game. And so it's really come down to – um, we always say that, you know, a, a team will go as far as the offensive line takes it. Steve, what do you think has been the biggest setback for, for the Michigan program? And then at the same time, what do you think has been the biggest um, uh, gain that this team has had moving forward? Well, I, I think in the trenches, you know, on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive line, uh, Defensive tackle has been an issue for us. I, I think that's yeah, been a we're, big We're going to get to that soon in a minute in okay. recruiting. Go ahead, Steve. Uh, but I, I really like what uh, Warner has done with the offensive line. Uh, last year they were fantastic. And that's, you know, that's been an issue. Like you said, during the uh, Rich Rod years, 
that was that was an issue. I think another issue was you know they played a lot of three three five. Yeah, on the on the defensive side, right. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell that was. I'm like, uh, I, you know, given what teams, again, when you're lining up in a 3-3-5 defense, you better have some studs on that defensive line right. because you're right. already um, you're already in a disadvantage. Just there from, is gaps everywhere, Chris. There's gaps everywhere. So if you're undersized, like I never understood that, that, that I mean, here's the thing. I, if it must have been really, really bad for you to think that your only option was to run right. a three, three, five. Yeah. Right. Right. Like that's, that's how bad it was. And, and that's your really base defense. That. That's not like right. your, that's not like right. your situational. That's your base defense. Yeah. That's the defense you got to come out on, on first down. Well, you, and, and you need, you need safeties that can hit and, and, you know, run downhill. Um, can give you runs. Well, we listen. And you we need just, fast as hell linebackers. We too. just weren't. We just weren't very good. And this is no knock on guys like 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 Jordan Kovacs because we've had plenty mm-hmm. of guys who've been walk ons who've done extremely well for the University of Michigan. But we're we're also still talking about the University of Michigan that should should have been able to recruit top tier talent. And when you have, you know, again. No knock on Jordan Kovacs, but that was be- Jordan Kovacs played because a lack of talent on the team. Well, and I, I don't right. want to attack Jordan because he ended up playing in the league for about five or six yeah. years. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, great for him. But at the same time, <laughs> our defense sucked and we were not, we didn't have elite players in playing at a, an elite level. And again, no knock on Jordan, but if you're, playing against um, the Notre Dames and the Penn States and Ohio States, we've, we've already seen what a talent gap, a talent gap looks like. Right. And the, the gap is, you know, we thought we were closing the gap, but the gap seems to be getting wider. Wider. So I don't know. Well, uh, look, Chris, we, you and I have laughed about the recruiting gap for years now, because, you know, every time we have some good news, you know, two days later, there's two five stars that are committing. And what's even rub, rubbed our salt in the wound of late is you now have the top programs kind of trading, meaning that I'm going to decommit from Clemson, but then I'm going to go to Ohio State. And I'm going to decommit from Ohio State and go to Alabama. So you got the top-tier programs kind of just trading the best players in the country, Chris. And in some cases, and you you laugh when you tell me this, some of them decommitted because an even better player ended up on that on that team right. from a recruiting yeah. standpoint. Right. Yeah, they're trading a, a kid who's ranked 96 who de- decommitted only to get a kid who's ranked who's rated a 98. You know, <laughs> it's um it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. But Steve, I want to ask you, man. Um, what has been, I mean, when, tell me about when you, when Harbaugh got hired, what were your expectations going into that? Pretty much what we've had. Um, you know, I, I can't, I can't say that I thought we would have immediately win a big 10 title or a national championship, but I guess what I was expecting was an improvement as far as play, as far as uh, recruitment, which we've had. Uh, and I want to say, I think, I don't think Hulk recruited really badly. 
uh, Harbaugh did great in, in his first year with his players. I mean, there were a lot of good players on a team, uh, given that they were mostly seniors. But uh, there was a lot of talent. But um, Ohio State had a big jump on us. You know, so it's, it's been a big gap to close. Uh, and, but like you said, it, it almost seems like that gap is widening a bit. Glenn, what were you, what was your I, Glenn? I kind of oh, know what your expectations were. My expectations. What, what were your expectations when Harvard? Steve, let me tell you. So, <laughs> Glenn and I go on a vacation with our our significant others at the time. Now, granted, Glenn and I have known each other at that time. How long do we know each other, Glenn? Maybe uh, no, like, four or five years. Oh, really? Okay, for about yeah. four or five years. So we go on vacation with our significant others. Harbar gets hired. And you would have thought that the Pope had just blessed the University of Michigan the entire time that we're on vacation. Glenn is asking me questions about Harbaugh. So what do you think? I mean, you think he's going to do this? You think he's going to... I mean, this is unprecedented. I mean, you want to talk about a Harbaugh... I don't think I use the word unprecedented. Uh, You use the word... If you think this is going to embarrass me, you're not. The amount of time (laughs) you use unprecedented is unprecedented. I'm just going to put it like that. That's how many times you use it. You were beyond... The moon. Me and millions of others were beyond the moon. I've already admitted. You were were already uh, planning out a trip to the Rose Bowl. You were Rose Bowl. (laughs) They barely get the national championship anymore. Look, I I told you I cried at his press conference. I was driving out for a long weekend with Jill and I were driving out to the Hamptons. And I was listening on the radio to the press conference. I'm driving and she looks over and says, are you crying? And I said, damn right I'm crying. I said, you, you don't know what we've been through, Jill. So just let me listen to this, please. That I'm was guilty. what I said to her. And she goes, fine. And she looked out the window. And, you know, <laughs> when, when Harbaugh tripped coming into the press conference, I, <laughs> I, I, I sat up straight in my seat, Chris. I thought he might have fallen and, and hurt himself. Um, yes, I, I expected – and, and we were so damn close. I expected at least one playoff um, appearance by now, at least one, if not two. I expected at least one Big Ten championship up to this point. And, you know, and we had the teams to do it, Chris. We should have done it in 16 uh, for sure. Um, and we just couldn't get over the hump. I, I Look, we've been, I, I, I can't it, replay this you. anymore. I can't. I can't do I'll, it. I'll give you 16. 16 definitely should have should have been the year. But I think my expectation was, again, coming from um, with all the, 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 the turmoil that the program was kind of embroiled in, mm. I, in understanding that the talent level still wasn't there, I figured it was going to take Harbaugh, honestly, at least four years and I'm talking about four years being able to recruit the guy, recruit the guys, your guys, having your guys go through your system, and then those guys being juniors and, and seniors. And to me, that was a three to four, four-year process. But I think with the success that he had, like right off the bat, what was 10 wins right off the bat, um, it's set an unbelievably high bar now of course you know this is university of michigan it, it, we're always talking about a high bar right but you you still cannot you cannot overcome 
talent by um, want to, right? You can't over, um, overcome um, a, that kind of significant gap just because you're the University of Michigan. You still need players. You still need some dogs. You still need the game plan. You still need to get. Um, you still need the ball to bounce in your in your favor a few times. And I didn't think that that was going to happen in the first couple of years, but it, it did. But if you look at some of those games, one we probably should have lost to Minnesota, right? That what was that? Sixteen. Fifteen. Uh, that was was it? 15? Fifteen. We probably should have lost to Indiana because there was some a couple games that was what double yeah. overtime or overtime. Well, so we, if, if Indiana would have ran the ball um, instead of throwing oh that God. pass, we lose <laughs> for sure. We, we couldn't stop that Howard kid to save <laughs> no. our life. Running. And for whatever reason, <laughs> Tom Allen, was it Tom Allen at the time? No, it wasn't Allen. What was the other guy who was a um, passing fanatic? The, who was not, Kevin Wilson, right? Um, yes. Decided to run, decided to throw the ball instead of feed it to their first round draft pick workhorse. Um, so those were some, some close games, but, I, but that's still 15, my expectation. 15, 15, we overachieved. I get all that. Yeah. I wasn't expecting much out of 15. In fact, you know, think about it. We, we should have beat Michigan state if it wasn't for that, the, the fumble punt. So, uh, right, yeah. right. So, so there's that, but I, I, it was 16 where I, you cannot lose at Iowa. You can't lose there. Yeah. And I don't know, the team wasn't ready mentally. I don't know whether we called a crappy game, but we could not stop the run on, on Iowa's last drive. Um, so 16 was the year for me that this whole narrative, I think, would have been different if we had been able to get to that playoff. And all we had, we could have, remember, we could have lost to Ohio State at the end of the season and still it's gone still to the got, playoff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts. Iowa. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and, but here's look I, i'm at the point now i've said this before show me don't tell me i don't want to hear about it anymore and you know it, it, we could talk about recruiting in a second because i think we're getting the kind of kids we want um and then we're losing a couple others where i wish we weren't losing <laughs> um but you know this this year is going to be a washout so all eyes are going to be on 2021 um and and i think Harbaugh has to do something soon. Yeah. I, you have to. Well, I, I, listen, I, I don't know what the, the answer is um, to that because, again, um, you, can, you can have all the gumption and want to and, and try hard and, and all, all that stuff that you want to, but if you're going into um, the, the, the battlefield with a significant disadvantage um, – I don't care what you do. You're 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 um you're behind the eight ball there, uh, Steve. What has Harbaugh done that you like, and what has Harbaugh done that you don't like? Well, that's a good one. Uh, let's start with don't like. Uh, I have a I have an issue with certain players not seeming to make make it on the field early on in their tenure. Uh, now, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but, you know, I see guys like Hinton, uh, Mozzie Smith, you know, that's a position we really need to feel. And these guys haven't really seen the field until late last year. Uh, so meritocracy, I, I don't really see it. 
Well, I, I think that first of all, you and Chris, you'll know this. If you're if you come in at with a little bit of baby weight and you're six six two seventy five and and you're going against a Big Ten tackle who's six seven three twenty five, you may not be physically ready. And I think ideally. Mm -hmm. In the trenches, you want – if you can get it, you want to have at least one red shirt year. I think that that's ideally – and unfortunately, you know, we had to throw in people over the years, whether it was Mason Cole, uh, who turned out to be great, but, right. you know, probably if he had been red shirt another year because we didn't have the depth, um, we would have been in better shape. So I, th I really think that's a position-to-position -position thing. Um, I don't necessarily believe there is a – strategy to hold them back outside of just giving them another year to get bigger, stronger, and to be more familiar with the system. Chris, okay. am I wrong? Uh, no, I think, um, I think with Mozzie, I think he came in with a little, a little bit of bad weight. Um, so he kind of had to get, you know, kind of had to get that. I think the, a lot of times the issue is, and I made the same mistake uh, my freshman year is we think we're in shape when we show up on campus <laughs> and then you go through that first practice or that first conditioning test and you realize like I probably shouldn't have put on that extra you know eight pounds or 10 pounds and I think with with Mozzie I think he had some some bad weight that he needed to get rid of um same thing with uh with Chris with Chris Hinton I think the same thing but it's also having to um get acclimated to to, to college football the guys mm -hmm. that you used to beast in high school uh those kids aren't aren't around anymore you know you you're going up against, you know, other guys who are stronger, bigger, faster. Right. Um, I'll never forget, like, you know, my one of my first times uh, running a uh, a pass protection drill my freshman year, you know, coming out of high school, I'm used to flatlining guys, like knocking them completely mm -hmm. off their feet into the dirt. And I'll never forget, like, the first – All uh, those all those nice little white players at the uh... <laughs> – at that Jesuit school, I think it was a Christian <laughs> school. <laughs> Whatever it is, Christian school. I, I know um, who you were flatlining. Well, but anyway, so <laughs> but when you hit that first guy, and then you realize, like, wow, like he didn't budge, you know. And you, matter of fact, you took a couple of steps back. That's when you start to realize, like, it's just a different, um, a different game. But I mean, they did get some some run um, late in the season, but I think it was just because. Um, Don Brown scheme is is a complicated scheme, and you have to be um, you have to understand your gaps. I mean, we had some guys. Um, there was a couple plays where you have guys who are veteran guys like Quiddy Pay, um, Hutchinson, and uh, Carlo Kemp, uh, where we got gashed on a few plays because they were not um, gap sound. So imagine a freshman going in there and not understanding his keys and everything else. So I think a lot of that played um, played a part in, in not those guys not seeing the field as, as fast as we would like to. Um, well, talk to me, uh, Steve. What, what, what's, what has Harbaugh done that you do like? Well, I, I really enjoyed his energy when he first got there. Uh, now, I don't know if that was to take pressure off of everybody else, uh, but I did I did like seeing that in him. Uh, but we've seen that curtailed, you know, over the last couple of years. Why Why do you think that is? Why do you think Harbaugh's his his? Because I hear that a lot that people say that 
he doesn't have the same energy or when they do see him get fired up, they're like, that's the gym I, I know. That's the gym. That's the coach we need. What do you think is the reason behind that? Because I, I remember um, there was something that came out a while, a few years ago, where he was super animated, and I think he ended up getting a flag. Something happened where he got a flag, and it cost us field position. He used to throw the clipboard. He threw the clipboard. Yes, yeah. I remember that. I yeah. can't remember it, which it, game it, it was. It seems like ever since then, and, and I could be wrong, but it seems like ever since then, he's kind of been a little bit more subdued on the sideline. I mean, he's, he seems a bit – I really don't want to say defeated, but uh, there's, <laughs> there's definitely been a change in his, in his attitude. Uh, I really can't put my finger on it. It's uh, – I, even I look back to, like, like you said, his press conference. Uh, just looking at him then and looking at him now, it looks like he's put on 10 years. Yeah, it's he, also he, hard he to weathered. talk shit when you haven't won shit. This is true, and, 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 <laughs> you know. And I'm sorry, Chris, but you you know that. Um, you, well, you, this probably doesn't apply to you because your years, even when you were mediocre, Michigan, you end up, you know, beating Ohio State. But it's hard to get up there with your, you know, attitude and and nose in the air mm -hmm. when you just haven't beaten the people that you we all hoped you'd be beating it's just yeah. that's human nature and yeah. i think part of the sideline behavior is a um you know they did put in penalties for certain actions and they got called for a couple early on so there is a point where it's just not worth it to put on a show you know like tearing the the yard markers down or doing both stuff if you're going to get a 15-yard flag then we'd be sitting here complaining about that right. saying what are you doing with this we had a drive going and now you killed that drive right yeah i, I think you just to to kind of reiterate what, what steve said is i think i i think when I, I remember um when i was reading an article when when harbaugh got hired and and how animated he was about um, being back on campus. And I remember, I think were, the article talked about how um, him and his, his wife were with some, some friends from, uh, from, from his time in, in Ann Arbor and they were on a boat and they were hanging out. They were singing the Michigan fight song. He had all this energy and he was telling his wife, you're like, you got to learn this song. And I think that initial excitement has worn off because now it's the reality of where it's the grind it, where you are it's the grind and not being able to like you said glenn beat ohio state or beat the teams that you're supposed to beat you're at your alma mater you got all this pressure first the fans love you now they want to fire you so i think all of that yeah. is just completely wearing wearing him down because i, I mean think about it i mean everybody knows how um competitive he is so imagine have him losing and then having being sarah and jim coming home <laughs> after you the lost and you didn't have to deal with these questions at the press conference you know he i think the arbor is just a dude who who hates to lose and at, and at the same time it's it's nothing he can do right like right. he can't go out and throw a pass he can't go out and uh tell Tariq to put his head down and, and get the first down. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of those things where you're, you're completely helpless and you can't do anything. 
Although, Chris, I will say against the lesser teams, a well-timed personal foul is something I'm in favor of. Um, (laughs) You remember that uh, when we were playing Louisville in the tournament a couple years ago, not the championship game, the one where we played him like a year or two after, and that guy came down with that windmill dunk, and I said, knock him into the third row. I don't (laughs) care if you got an intentional foul. You cannot let him make that dunk, right? Walk over him. Walk, go up into the third row and walk over him, Chris, with your <laughs> leg lift over your over his head and get take the foul and tra- the technical. Somehow we've transitioned into personal fouls in basketball. I have no idea we got there. <laughs> um, well, we're talking about throwing clipboards, and I'm there is a a place for a well timed personal foul. Chris, I uh, I hear you, I hear you, but I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. Um. Steve, let's talk. I want to talk to you about on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. What about Don Brown? I mean, Don Brown came in um, highly regarded as one of the coordinators uh, in the country. And, I mean, for the first few years, I mean, his defenses were um, outstanding. And uh, it seems like the last St- couple statistically years. Statistically the best, Chris. Statistically the best yes. until you factor in the Ohio State games. Um what are you happy about with Don Brown? What are you unhappy about with Don Brown? I'm very happy with him, actually. Uh, now, we can we can talk about Ohio State and the bowl games. You know, they've been nothing, you know, more than a disaster on the defensive side. But uh, I like his scheme. I like the fact that he's playing a little more zone now. They're mixing it up. And I think that's what you have to do. Everybody knows that they're going to play press coverage and they're going to try and get after you. So Ohio state has killed us. What with, with slants, quick plays, and you know, other teams have caught on to this. Uh, but I think he's doing the right thing. I think they're getting the right type of players to play the type of style that he wants to play. Uh but yes, they need to mix up a little more zone and what they're doing. And I think he's been doing that. So I, I still have uh, confidence in him. The thing that's killed us, Chris, has yes, we've been beat in the secondary, but we've also had a really struggle to get pressure, whether it was on Haskins, who I don't think we moved him off his spot once two years ago. He just sat there, right, right with no pressure. Winovich, Rashawn, nobody got near him. I don't think they touched him. And the same thing with Justin Fields. We have not made their quarterbacks uncomfortable. And if you give Olave and the rest of those, you know, Paris Campbell, whoever it is, four or five seconds, you know, four, three guys, you're not going to stay with them. It's just, it's a losing proposition. So I think aside from mixing in some of the zone, we have to have more consistent pressure blitz packages because we're not confusing anybody on the Ohio State side. They know exactly where we're coming from and exactly the checks that Fields and and Haskins, whoever the hell's been the quarterback there, has wanted to make, they've made it. Or they've had too much time to look at their primary receiver or throw them open. Well, this is why I said the uh, interior line was a big issue uh, because they're not getting any pressure up the middle. You know, they're – depending on the ends to get there. And uh, they need some interior linemen who could draw two, two offensive linemen. We don't have that right now. And Boy, our, quarterba- our quarterback play has also been yeah. 
subpar in every one of those big games. Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the other thing that we, we always talk about is, you know, when, when it's time to play Ohio state, you know, we should be hitting on all cylinders and we never are. And we're either deficient at one or two spots. Like we're, we don't have elite quarterback play. We don't have a strong run game. We don't, we don't have um, a decent pass rush. So, I mean, those are, how do you win when you're lacking in those three key departments, right? So it's, it, I mean, you don't have to look further than that to understand why the series has been so lopsided and why we haven't had any success um, against, against Ohio State. If you look at a lot of the top teams in the country, the Clemsons, the Bamas, um, a lot of these players, they have what? They have elite quarterback play. They have great offensive line, which they're able to run the ball anytime that they want. And they've got, they've got elite guys on their defensive line. And skill um, position players. And, yeah, and their skill yeah. positions. Their guys are, you know, um, top guys in a skill position. I mean, when was the last time Michigan sent a skill position guy to the – that got drafted? I think it was uh, – I think it was Braylon was the last name I heard that got um, was in the first round last wow. skill position. Yes. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, that tells you all did, you need uh, to know. What round did Funches go in? Second uh, or third? Yeah. Second or third. Okay. Second or third, second or third round. But, but I mean, even still, I mean, look at, I mean, we talking about Devin Funches. Devin Funches <laughs> isn't, isn't, um, uh, you know, making anybody, you know, fearful in the defensive secondary, no. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's our highest rated guy, a, a t- guy who played tight end, who's now playing Wide receiver, with a flex yeah. and mm-hmm. receiver and tight end in the league, then, I mean, again, look no further than, than what's part of the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with, with Don Brown's defense, I think it's, it's great that he's opening things up. Um, I think with, with college quarterbacks, man, you got to make these guys think, right? You got to make them go figure out what the progression is. Like, if you know that they're going to run man the, the entire time, I already know what throws I need to make. Like, you're not making – you're not challenging me to, to, to think. And I think that's been the biggest thing is when we play against guys, when we play against teams against Ohio State, we, we know what the, the weakness is. It's, right. it's the slant routes. How are you going to ask a kid who runs a four six to cover a receiver <laughs> four, three. Uh, that runs a four three that's running a crossing pattern, and and that's what good teams do. They they expose your weakness. Well, so remember I, we I had, had Brandon Watson exposed the year before, right? Yeah. Um, our say the, the biggest weakness in Don Brown's defense, if you don't get pressure, is people scheme to get mismatches on our safeties, and that has yeah. been a killer. Yeah. Whether it's Penn mismatch State. on our safeties, and at the same time, we're we're allowing guys like KJ Hamler to have a free release, a free release on a on a safety that's sitting in a backpedal position, fourteen yards right. off Forget the ball, it. and over. you're asking this kid to be able to, to keep turn and run with him, right. to turn and run with him with a free release. So there 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 has to be some fundamental changes to. Um, our scheme, our technique, the things that we're doing, because it's just, it's too easy. It's pitching, it's pitching catch out there. And as, as talented as a coordinator as Don Brown is and that defensive staff is, we got to come up with something better. 
All right, let's talk about recruiting because people are excited again, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, well. we, we're getting some players. And look, it, we, we've always had players. It's how we've used, used them, them or lacked of using them right. that has bothered everybody. Um, I, I know you've seen the Xavier Worthy kids. And, um, you know, the only positive thing to come out of COVID at all, Chris, <laughs> is that his high school <laughs> – Season got canceled. He's going to roll early. And I, early. you and I talked about this, that uh, there's no way if this went into February that someone wasn't going to make a run at him, right. especially if he played yeah. his fall season and he got his what should be a high four-star, maybe even a, a five-star ranking, that Bama and everybody else wasn't going to continue chasing him. So yeah. COVID is the best thing that happened to Xavier <laughs> Worthy in terms of yeah. Michigan football. Yeah, I did, I did not think uh, – first of all, I didn't think he was going to commit to, to, to Michigan. I think um, we got a little bit of luck. I think Oregon ended up taking uh, a couple of receivers or they were sitting in um, a really good position with a couple other highly rated uh, receivers. Um, but, but Worthy was a kid I was worried about just because him being on, on the West Coast, um, this COVID thing, you know, kids want to be closer to their families. Um, and never visited anywhere. Not and he never visited people. anywhere. And then right. Bama started to turn up the heat like they yeah, really wanted they know it. What happened. Um, and I mean, you know, when Bama come calling, I mean, everybody's going to listen to that to that pitch. So yeah, he was a kid that uh, is of need because he's a burner. He's he, he's um, he's a faster Eddie McDoom, um, but with better hands, mm. and uh, which which is something that we definitely need. Phenomenal um, hands. Um, he's a yeah, he's uh he's and his I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity to, to watch his some of his route running skills. Oh yeah. But this kid can run some routes, man. Like he his footwork is impeccable. And he's he splits angles, Chris. You you know, just like Tyrone who used to you your safeties when he got to the second level, you thought you had an angle on him and he just outruns you. This kid just splits you in that second he's yeah. gone and we haven't had yeah. a player like that in a long time. Yeah. Steve, who is, who's the, who's the player that you're most excited about that's committed and who is the player that you're hoping Michigan can reel in? Uh, so far other than worthy, uh, McCarthy. I mean, I'm really excited about him. Uh, you know, maybe he's, he's, the leader that we've been looking for. Uh, all the tape I've seen on him is fantastic. Uh, quarterback has really been a big issue for us. So, so what season, Steve? Are you thinking 2023? Because you know we got we got guys with a ton of eligibility left in front of them. I would say 22. I, I think 22. He's starting. Okay, so you think? Let's say this season is a wash. Doesn't happen. Um, and, and, which means that Milton and or McCaffrey are going to at least have two years, right? Right. Um, you think he's going to beat both of them out potentially, even though one of them is probably going to be starting 2021. And I'm not going to say McCarthy couldn't beat them out in 2021, but, you know, I, that kid's needs to put on weight. Uh, he needs right. to get a lot stronger. And well, there's listen, no way they're not going to give Milton a much. shot. Uh, kids get kids put on weight in two months now. Um, but I will say this I think, um, um, McCarthy is, um, you know, again, I mean, he's probably going to be our highest rated quarterback that we've gotten since, um, 
since Shane Moore. Um, and he does, I mean, I mean, the kid, the kid can, can really throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd be surprised if, if either, depending on who wins the starting job, and I, again, I don't think there's going to be a season this year, but whoever wins that starting job in 21, I think whoever doesn't get it is probably going to be in the transfer portal. So, or they should have, be, they should right? Be. And, they, and they probably should be. So, right. you're looking at either a Joe Milton or a um, or a McCaffrey. Then you've got uh, K Mac uh, McNamara, who um, who knows you know what's going to happen with him. And so, I mean, this the JJ kid is coming into would be coming into a nice situation. Um, what about on the defensive side of the, of the ball, Steve? Who are you? Who are you excited about? Who are you um, hoping that we get? As far as who we have, uh, I like the safeties. We were talking about safeties earlier. I like what's going on back there. Uh, I think they've got some guys who can really be a ball hawk back there and secure the the back part of the field. Uh, as far as who's coming in or who who we may get, Donovan Edwards. I think Donovan Edwards is a must-have. Um, are you excited about Damon Payne? Steve at all? Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> of course. <laughs> all right, Chris, let's let's talk about it. You and I f- argued about this. Was it yesterday or the day before? Um, so many arguments, who knows? <laughs> so, so Damon Payne commits to Alabama, no surprise, at least that he didn't come to Michigan. And I, I think my argument, Chris, the more I think about it, is less about Damon Payne in particular and more about the fact that I don't understand how you allow beefs to continue um, with a particular school. And part of this is my personality. that If there's an issue or a problem, I want to go address it and fix it or figure out what the problem is that I don't want to lose potentially the next Damon Payne. That was my point that as I was yelling at you, um, I don't think I communicated <laughs> carefully or, or, or clearly enough. Yeah, you, that, that was nowhere near your argument you were trying to make. I but called you foolish. I'll, 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 I'll accept your apology now for, for that ridiculous <laughs> argument you were trying to make. What was um, my argument? You, some ridiculous, you can't let a kid in your backyard leave and go to another state. I hate that I hate that you're using me the dumb Michigan fan voice <laughs> to describe me. That's that that's the that's the voice I use for all the uh, shut fans, up and play rednecks <laughs> Fox News sports just shut Fox up and News, play uh, commentators. Um so so here's here's the thing with, with that whole situation with, with Belleville. Um Michigan um recently got uh What's the kid, the 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 cornerback, Andre Selden. Selden. Um yeah. got him committed. Michigan was probably going to get um Jamari Button, who I believe played at plays at Belleville um as well, right? Um yep. and he's going to Penn State. Penn State. And he, and he, yep. Right, he committed to Penn State, but he was he was a heavy Michigan lean. So it's not that you know uh, the, wait, 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 wait. Not, he was in a heavy Michigan lean until when? Because no, so because Michigan ended up pursuing a different linebacker. So Michigan ended up getting um uh Jadon Jadon Hood, uh Tyler McLaurin, McLaurin um mm-hmm. another another kid. So 
essentially what ended up happening with Jamari is I think he, he waited himself out. Um, and Michigan was, was in on some other guys that they viewed um, higher, than he, higher than he was. And they, those kids ended up pulling, pulling the trigger. So, so Michigan has, has had two kids at Belleville, uh, one, one committed, one who was on the verge of committing, but decided to kind of slow play it, and he got slow played. So, you know, we talk about this, this beef. Some kids are going to want to go to Michigan despite what their coach and their head coach, uh, whatever beef there is. Uh, coming from uh, Louisiana, you know, our, my high school sent players to everywhere other than LSU. And LSU fans <laughs> hated uh, JT Curtis, uh, my head coach, because they felt like, you know, why aren't you sending your kids to, to LSU? And he's like, listen, these mm-hmm. are my kids. And they're going to have the freedom to go wherever they want to go and play for whoever they want to play for. It's whatever's in their best interest, not what's in my best interest, not what's in the best interest of LSU or Louisiana, but what's in the best interest of these kids. So any kid is, if he has an affinity for the university of Michigan, no coach is going to say, Hey, listen, you shouldn't go here because this is, this, what this is, this is what's happening there now, unless you have some inside information about how a player treats or how a coach treats players, and you um, pass that information on to that kid, and he does his own homework and decides that that information is is accurate, then he's going to make the decision that's best for him. So, you're not going to get along with every coach in every school, um, but you have to be able to to um, find other ways around that. And Michigan recruits nationally; it's not just right. You got to hone in on your, on your, on your hometown or, or, or the, the kids in your own state. I, I agree that you may not get everybody, but I don't see any advantage to having a bad relationship with anybody. But, but, you, but here's the thing that that's going to happen. Like what, but, but, what, but what is what, causing the bad world, relationship? In that's what, what I world, in what You get me angry not, again. <laughs> in what world do you not have a bad relationship with somebody? Well, look, I, I look at this as, as a business relationship if I was a head coach, right? So what if anytime there's a bad business relationship, if nothing else, I want to agree to disagree and be able to shake hands and walk away so that you can respect my position even though we didn't come to an agreement. Right. Um, and, and that means if, if we we're closing in on a kid from Florida or California – and Budden is right there. And I'm just making this up as an example. I don't know if this is the fact or not. Um, I'm, I'm giving a call and saying, look, I'm telling you, this could happen the next two or three days. Um, and he may miss out. So that you can't come back and say, how come you didn't give me a heads up that you thought this might happen? Um, I, that to me, that's just, it's just but, good but, business. But, here, but, but here's the thing. So we were talking about that, that particular situation. The, the kid was was being recruited by 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 Michigan heavily. They were heavily recruiting this kid. So and then he started to have feelings for Penn State. A lot of his friends, that guys that he's close with, that he's played with in Pop Warner, they were feeling Penn State as well. They committed to Penn State and then they started talking to him on social media about committing to Penn State. So if I'm a coach, right, and I see the 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 conversation going on between um, a player that I'm recruiting and and his friends and you know people who have sway in his in, in his world, 
then I need, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket. I need to make sure that I'm recruiting every other kid just as hard. You right. cannot just focus on the relationship that you have at one school. There are tons of other schools in the, universe, in the state of Michigan. I, I'm not saying that, but something get, happened that somebody feels so bad about. And I heard somebody, but, some, so, wait, but hold you on can't fix every relationship. Uh, well, hold on. Relationship. Somebody, somebody threw this out on Twitter. I have no idea if it's true or not back at me that said that uh, Harbaugh had a practice at, uh, chided uh, defensive backs and saying, you know, who the heck were the coaches that were teaching you this crap? And I have no idea whether that's true or not. And it got back to Belleville. Um, but how I, I'm still stumped is how does it get so bad? Right. And and we could, and same with Detroit King, right? Cause you could argue that until Tyrone Wheatley came back in and kind of fixed that, um, we were persona non grata over there too. And I don't know yeah. what happened there either. Yeah. Well, but I mean, how, do you, how do you turn off an entire it's, coaching staff? Is it's not it, – listen, that's, that's – it's – Michigan has, has, has done a, a – has done a – has was put in a scenario where, again, they relied on the fact that we're Michigan. They thought that was enough. They thought that was enough to be able to say and go into any school, any house, any parents, and say that we're Michigan, you should feel fortunate enough to – you know, come to our school, we're offering. And that bit them in the butt for a very, very long time. And Harbaugh had to come in and, and change things, make amends. Wheatley was um, truly the, 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 the instrument of, of all that um, mm -hmm. goodwill being made up uh, um, in the Detroit area. And, um, and they're still trying to fix some of those, some of those relationships. But again, I, I can't get hung up on, on the, You're freezing up. I thought that was me. No, it's him. <laughs> and damn, I wanna, I wanna uh, edit. It's frozen. Yeah, I'm gonna you, have you, to edit. For you, for, yeah, you're gonna have to edit that. <laughs> I'm gonna. Have I to was edit so that close part. to taking a picture of that frozen face. <laughs> Listen, you should have saw your own. <laughs> no, I'm not freezing. I, yeah, yeah. Steve and I continued to talk. Steve and I continued talking. Both you guys' screen was frozen. Your ass was frozen. It, it look you look like you look like Jack Nicholson in the in the in the in the shining, shining. Yeah, in the middle oh, of the of the, the the whatever that is, the maze <laughs> in the snow. That's what you look like. So so Steve, talk to me, let's finish up with um, a little bit of more recruiting. But you know, had this um, you know where this class stands right now. Um, I think is ranked ninth uh, in the country. Mm -hmm. um, what are the big, I mean, obviously we, we know defense attack, but what are the other pieces to this class that you think Michigan needs to close on? He already said it, Donovan Edwards, top of yeah. his list. Yeah, he's, he's number one. I, I think uh, for some of the other reasons that we talked about, uh, as far as the local talent, and keeping that in the house. And just to go back to that, there's, there's talent in Michigan, but as you said, they recruit nationally. So, I mean, there's other places they can recruit. Um, you want to get the kids that are in state, but a lot of kids are going to want to venture out and maybe go somewhere else. I mean, 
Chris, you yourself, I mean, you ended up leaving Louisiana to go to Michigan. Uh, yeah. Wasn't like, you know, LSU wasn't a, a good school. You, you wanted to get away. Uh, no, yeah, LSU was not good at the time. Well, okay. Yeah, they were. They were. They were, they were bad. They were kind of bad. They were. Jerry, bad. Jerry, was Jerry Donato there? No, no. This was way. This was before. Who was uh, even there? I don't. I don't even know. That's that how tells you. That, that's how bad they were. <laughs> um, but I don't remember. But I mean, think about. It. I mean, but again, the the pitch to our class. I mean, we had so, so many guys. I mean, we had Marshall Falk. We had um, Peyton Manning. We had um, Ward Dunn. We had, uh, I mean, we had a bunch of guys, uh, Cordell Stewart. We had a bunch of guys come out of the state of Louisiana right. who, you know, had they gone, had we all gone there, that whole, that changes the whole program. But, right. you know, it, a lot of us, we wanted to get out of the state of Louisiana. And if you're a kid in, in Michigan, I know Ann Arbor, they always talk about how Ann Arbor is one of the most beautiful cities in, in the country. I've been to Ann Arbor, and it's other than going to Mr. Spots, <laughs> it's it's okay. <laughs> Bell's it's Pizza, okay, right? But if you're a kid, you grew up in Flint or in in Detroit or wherever, you might want to just get out of um, yeah. get out of state of Michigan. Like I heard someone someone was complaining, talking about like who wants to go to Oklahoma, who wants to go to Norman. I'm like uh Heisman trophy winners right first round right. draft picks <laughs> yeah right like who yeah. cares what's in norman yeah. if you have aspirations of winning some hardware no, norman's you, you, chick-fil-a is the same one as it is anywhere else <laughs> right same sandwich right those uh those pizza cards are just the same as <laughs> right. is uh in ann arbor as they are in norman so um so steve let me ask you if there is a a a season what are your expectations for Michigan? Well, you're gonna put me on the spot. Uh, let's just I, let's I, just talk as if they play the Big East schedule. Let's just narrow it down to that. Uh, hmm. I th I think they probably take a step back this year. Uh, and I only say that because I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. Uh, I haven't seen enough of either of the two guys to know if they're going to be able to, to lead the team. Uh, but, you know, and then we, we're losing some key players too, you know, so who's going to step in? There hasn't been a lot of practice. There hasn't been spring practice. So it's, it's kind of up in the air. I, I'm really not sure what to expect, but I kind of think, you know, we may have to accept a little regression this year and have so to So if, if we play six year. games, what's the record, Steve? Depends on who we play. Well, it, let's assume we're playing everybody in the Big East right. side, right? So for me, we're not beating Ohio State, and I think even though it's home, we could lose to Penn State. Um, and I think, you know, again, the quarterback position, I think Penn State – has has recruited very well, Chris. Yeah. Um, so and Clifford, Clifford, the big red dog, isn't he back? Um, I, I, I think I think so. But they got again good yeah, skill position back. players, um, solid defense, good secondary. Um, I, yeah. I, I, it's certainly not going to be the home field advantage that we've had in the past. Uh, if you only got twenty, it's going to feel like a scrimmage. So I think that levels it out. But I think that helps us when we go to Columbus. I just think talent wins out again 
in Columbus, and um, we just we're not going to be able to have the horses to keep up with them. It may be closer, but I just don't think we're there yet. Four and two. Yep. Four and two. Four and four, right. Four and two. Five and one is our absolute ceiling. Uh, I'm going to say this too. Indiana scares me a little bit. <laughs> they should. Yeah. They always do. <laughs> yeah. Especially Indiana, going to Bloomington this if year. If Indiana can just stop somebody on a defensive side of the ball, they would be. Um, they would be a contender in the in the East, mm-hmm. um, but they just—I mean—they're they're like how Michigan was, right? They can put up a lot of points, but they can't—you know—they can't stop anybody. Um, I'm kind of the same. Where I'm kind of—if if it was a six-game season, I'm kind of sitting in the same position, you know, four and two with losses to Penn State and Ohio State. Um, Steven, you know, we didn't talk about this, but let me ask you: Who do you see as a starting quarterback? Who do you think wins the job? Or who do you want to win the job? I don't have a preference, to be honest. Uh, My man, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I like them both. Uh, You know, McCaffrey's got a pedigree, obviously, with his family. Uh, But I like the little bit I've seen of Milton. Uh, I've seen some film of him working out in in the offseason. I really like what I see. you know, whoever, whoever's going to get it done, I, I really don't care which one. Uh, I wish them both success. All right. Well, Steve, man, we appreciate you coming on, buddy, with, um, with me and Glenn and indulging in our craziness. Um, you, get, you got the witness at first hand. <laughs> I enjoy being here, man. I, I really appreciate you having me on. Uh, hope well, we look, you were you were one of the people I think uh, that followed us from the very beginning. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and you, I don't think you were one of the people that sent hate emails to Chris about me. <laughs> uh, I think you weren't one of those people. So uh, that's why I chose you to be on here because you're my dog. You're riding with me regardless. Yes, sir. Um, and you were the calming voice that could call Chris out on his BS. <laughs> so that's why I chose you as well. Well, I, I appreciate you having me. <laughs> Eric, Chris, anything else? Uh, you, no, that's it. We'll talk basketball next time because a lot of stuff happening. And I'm just going to mention this, Chris. It's going to be fantastic because Michigan State has now gotten three five stars in the last couple of weeks, and this is all going to collapse, Chris. And <laughs> yeah. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> They're not going to win the championship. <laughs> it's all going to fall apart. I'm already. I've been DMing Rico this whole thing. That They're right here. It's right going here. to be ruined, um, and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk basketball on the next podcast. Steve, we appreciate you coming on, man. Have a good evening. Thanks for having me. Take care, guys. Bye. All right. Uh, All right. Fun. All right, Glenn. So yeah. that, was, um, that was cool, man. I really uh, appreciate Steve's input. And I, ch- uh, I had to choose a guy that makes me sound crazy, Chris, or crazier. Steve, yeah, is I was so getting level- ready to say you, you don't, you don't need any help in that department. Steve is so level-headed and thoughtful, yeah. and this and that. I, you know, I didn't know he was kind of that level-headed. So, you know, yeah, you thought I, I know gonna I'm going to come off as you, even crazier. You thought he was going to be as wild as you are, just because <laughs> I thought he was going to be with me because he likes your crazy ass. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think, he like he likes all, all my. He likes rant. everything I says. He likes. I'm gonna bring Steve on. Yeah, yeah he's, I, I, he's I gonna jump what, to my defense. I know what you're thinking was. You thought you were bringing on an ally or someone. 
you brought on someone just like me. I, I brought on a mediator. You know, if I was going to choose a job, he should be sitting in a corporate boardroom being a mediator, Chris, yeah. between two companies trying to figure it out. Yeah. Or yeah. send his ass up to Belleville, Chris, and figure out what's going on up there. Yeah. All right, Steve, that's your mission. That's your, your mission, mission, man. That is your mission. Go fix this Get relationship. Get in that car over. in D.C. and head on up there. <laughs> over at Belleville. Coach Crowell. That's who you need to look up. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of crazy, man, that whole situation. But again, you know, it's it's not a, a situation that can't be can't be fixed. It's just gonna have to take a a, a well, meeting of whole minds, year to and fix some people it, are gonna have to some people are gonna have to swallow their pride. But I mean, you got two prideful guys that I don't think either one is gonna is gonna budge. So, but again, you know, it, it, it is what it is. We'll see what happens out of that. But I don't think. Um, I don't think Michigan is um, – I mean, Michigan is, uh, I think, in on the kid, Rouser, who happens to be Andre Seldon's brother. Um, he committed uh, to Michigan, but he's a 2022 kid, so he, he decommitted. 2022, um, like, who, who, why, why commit oh, you a 2022 kid? This is crazy. So yeah. he, he, but he decommitted, which was the right thing for him to do. Um, but I can definitely see him wanting to play with his brother. He'll probably be um, – if all if he keeps uh, ascending and keeps on the, the path that he's on, he'll probably be ranked a five star kid um, before it's all said and done. Here's so. the next thing to watch, Chris. If this somehow this crazy season got moved to the spring, which I, I just don't see that happening. I just well, think if it moves to the spring, your your guys who are that's where i'm going with this first round draft picks are going. i'm not like, playing uh, in the spring hell uh, no yeah i'm not gonna do that jalen mayfield if i wouldn't be playing in the spring if i'm jalen mayfield forget well, it well you talking about mayfield that plays for us yes oh he's he he has to i mean he he's he's projected but he still needs he, more tape uh well whatever he needs more tape. um I'm, I'm telling you that Everything but will Trevor be up Lawrence to... ain't playing. No, no. <laughs> right. But you know, Trevor Lawrence might play. He's he's one of those Christian dudes. No, no. The whole <laughs> the whole thing will be thrown into flux. Um, but you know who you know, Ohio State will just roll up the next the next crop, Chris. It just becomes yeah. it just becomes the, a spring the, the for the their next, next four, five, five five star receivers. Right. Exactly. They literally uh, they were literally um uh, in the running for this other five-star 2022 kid. Uh, but I think um, I, I think he's wised up and realized that they just had four potential <laughs> five-stars commit the <laughs> right. class before. Maybe I yeah. need to think about this if I want right. to see the field. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just crazy. So, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, we're going to talk uh, basketball on the next podcast, right? Yeah, uh, okay. I, I think so. Unless, unless something happens where the season's canceled or we get us. Remember, there's no schedules out. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. Now, yeah. what's crazy about the Big 12 is they've actually moved up. I know Oklahoma's moved the game up into later in August, Chris. Cause they, so their thought process is I'm going to try to get in as much as I can as early as I can. The Big 10 is kind of a let's wait and see. Maybe we start later than the others. So that we're not putting any at risk. The SEC, I, look, I, if they're if there's they're like no maskers. If there's any way that they can figure out a rationalization to play, the yeah. SEC is going to play. They are no mask tribe down there, Chris. Yeah, yeah. So, That's, um, 
But it's, you know, look what happened to Michigan State, who up until last week was doing everything perfect, and then all of a sudden they have to shut everything down. I mean, yeah. there's no rhyme or reason to how this happens it's, other it, than it's, irresponsibility. It, it really isn't. I mean, and it doesn't. We were talking about this the other day. Um, you know, just it, it, doesn't, it doesn't take much, right? No. Like, I like to think that we're being super cautious. So I go everywhere with a mask. I got my, my hand sanitizer with me. But, you know, when I come out of the grocery store, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm grabbing my phone. I'm putting my phone up against my face, my credit card. I'm typing right. in my, my, my pin. Code. Right, yeah, right. Like, pumping so gas, pumping Chris. gas. <laughs> like, there's so many different things that you do on a daily basis that you just can't, you know, unless you, you know, unless you're a bubble boy, um, there's like really yeah. nothing you can do. I know. So even the most cautious of us, um, are, are catching this thing. So yeah, I, I'm not a big believer in this herd mentality bullshit, Chris. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's just infect everybody. You know, well, is, unless it's your grandmother unless, who ends up passing away, your listen, mother. Y'all do that. Y'all let me know how it goes, and when it works, I'll show. Right. I'll show up. Till then, look. Uh, not, you know, you know my thoughts. I and maybe it's Louisiana. I'd like to sever it off and float it out into the Gulf. And you just run ferries out there and drop all the anti-maskers off. And, you know, you can all fend for yourself and wave your flags, Chris. Don't tread on me and have your rights out there as you're floating in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. That's what I'd like to happen. Yeah, well. <laughs> you we can, can pick any wish. state along the, along the, the shore, Chris. We can Mississippi only, can float out there. We can only wish. We can only wish. All right, so. Sever it. Cut it off. All right. So next podcast, you know, we, uh, I'm actually working on uh, getting um, the, I think I told you the director producer of um, all or the uh, all or nothing Michigan series that was on, was it Hulu or prime prime on Amazon prime? Yeah. It was um, 2017. It was, That's going to be was very just, interesting. It was, you know what it was, it's just watching that series and then knowing what you and I knew, right. It just put it. It put a whole lot of things in perspective. Well, and, and now you have to ask yourself that if, if the people on there don't know this certain things, they're not going to have the same reaction. But anyway, yeah. neither here nor there. Last chance, you Chris is back on. Yes, I have will you started watching, it yet. I, no, I have not. I will. I will be starting that. That'll be my weekend treat. That'll be my my weekend where I can go get some donuts. <laughs> That'll be my my cheat weekend. So yeah. I'll be watching it. It's, it's so right. far, so far. I mean, I'm two episodes in. And it's not, it's not cra as crazy as the past ones. Just so you know. Okay. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Exactly. So, all right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, again, give, uh, give Steve Wiles a follow on Twitter. Um, I think his his handle is at Weapon X. And uh, no, I don't the, think the Michigan, so. No, the that's Michigan not guy. It. I think that's it. No, it's not. No. something weapon x yeah it, it's it's very complicated um actually it's um what is it well hold on i'm pulling it up it's at st3 the number three v number three again wilds okay so i was completely wrong <laughs> yes he calls himself wrong. weapon x but oh, his okay. handle's actually st3 v the number three again wilds gotcha and, and also, the other thing is, so Michigan is trending for this kid out of Michigan um, who, was, who was a heavy lean to Michigan State, who was a receiver. He's a receiver. Um, his name is, um, 
Hold on. Andrell Anthony, 6'2", 175. He was trending towards um, Michigan State. Yes. He was going to be their highest-rated player if he committed. And for whatever reason, all of a sudden, he's had a change of heart, and he's now trending towards Michigan. Yeah. So I like that kind of news. Well, um, and, and, you know, I was, of course, poking Rico in the side in the DM about that, Chris. And, <laughs> and, and Rico had a great comeback that made me laugh, actually. He said, yeah, he can be your next Oliver Martin. <laughs> which which he will listen he probably will um I, that's why i don't get excited about recruits man because your 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 um your your next jabril jabril peppers is uh also your your next um uh oliver martin so so there you go so yeah i enjoy sparring with rico but, he makes me laugh yeah good dude all right well we appreciate you guys listening on the player and the fan.